Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual tradition of yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. Yoga is a Sanskrit word. It's familiar to many today, but some confuse it, thinking it is only about physical exercise. But it is really a philosophy uh, of life and a way of healthy living. Yoga means oneness, union, or unity, and it refers to bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our essential nature, our spiritual nature, thus being restored to our original wholeness. So yoga is self-realization. It's knowing the truth of what we are and then living in harmony with that truth. And today's topic is about how we live that truth and find really the highest happiness. As we think about what it is that we all want, um, we can answer this question for ourselves. But the sages have said... You know, what we all want is eternal happiness. You know, we don't want happiness that comes and goes. And so we ask if it's even possible. And that will be our topic today. Swami Atma Vijananda Giri, Vice President of the Kriya Yoga Institute, joins us today to look at three universal practices of Kriya Yoga that really give us a pathway to this eternal happiness. Swamiji is a senior monk in the lineage of Paramansa Hariharana and Paramahansa Prajnanananda. And he met Paramahansa Hariharananda and was 
initiated into Kriya Yoga in 1994. In 2002, he dedicated his life full-time to the cause of spiritual practice and joined the Hariharananda Gurukulam under the auspices of Parmansa Prajnanananda. Under the directions of Parmansa Prajnanananda, Swamiji now travels outside of India and teaches Kriya Yoga really internationally. And uh, since then, he's traveled um, around the world, guiding many seekers on the path of Kriya Yoga. You can visit their website. It's very simple, kriya.org, K-R-I-Y-A dot org. Welcome, Swamiji. I'm so delighted you're back with us today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you, and pranams to all of you, those who are listening. Before we begin our conversation, let's just take a moment for centering meditation. In this moment, Let us come in to the full awareness of the presence of God, one reality called by many names, is the support and substance of all that is. So right where we are right now, we can remember, we can recognize, we can experience that this reality is present as our life. It is present as you, as me, as everyone, as everything. It's around us, within us, between us. So simply let yourself feel the peace and the joy and the happiness that comes from remembering that. God is our life. We are not and can never be separate from the one. So let each breath be a journey of remembrance, taking you into the heart of truth, into the core of your essential nature. Just becoming aware of the breath, thoughts will naturally begin to settle down and peace can fill the mind and the heart and the body. So feel now that this peace which is inherent to your being is filling your mind, your emotional nature, your physical body. And let us intend that this peace, this peace of the soul, will overflow as a blessing for everyone we meet today and a blessing for all beings everywhere. going to begin our conversation about the highest happiness with uh, 
thinking about the spiritual practice of self-discipline, um, sometimes a misunderstood <laughs> spiritual practice. Yoga teaches that this eternal happiness isn't just possible, but it's actually the birthright of every person because our true nature as immortal uh, is blissful and our eternal happiness arises from that. In Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, these three practices that we're going to be talking about today are listed. Disciplined thinking and action or self-discipline, profound self-study or self-study, and devotional self-surrender to God or ultimate reality are the practices of Kriya Yoga. The purpose of these practices is to remove obstacles to samadhi, our ability to um, consciously abide in our pure essence of being. And then the, the Yoga Sutra gives us also tells us what the obstacles are to this oneness consciousness Um, and the obstacles he lists are ignorance this mistaken sense of self egoism that arises from this ignorance attraction aversion and instinctual fear of death so we're going to look at that first practice in this segment which is the sanskrit term for it is tapa t-a-p-a-h um, often translated as self-discipline. So, Swamiji, let's begin there. And will you tell us um, about this tapa, this self-discipline, and how um, it is best to understand it so we can find happiness? Yeah, in uh, Patanjali Yoga Sutra, chapter 2, second, uh, second book, first verse, it speaks about these three beautiful practices of uh, Kriya Yoga. Because this word is there, Tapaha Swadhyaya Ishwar Pranidhanani Kriya Yoga. So, what is the real meaning of Tapa? Many times, Tapa is uh, understood as to do some discipline in external life or related to our body, mind only. This Tapaha, it is derived from Sanskrit root verb, which is called Tap. And Tap means to shine to blaze, to be hot, to suffer, or even to mortify the body or burn. Not to burn the body, but it is the meaning of burn. In other words, tapa is also a process through which uh, one can burn all impurities and make the mind shine with purity, knowledge and love. Tapa is also it is not the penance or austerity as it's translated in ordinary sense. It is also in terms of Kriya Yoga, it is the breath by which our body temperature is maintained. So, Tapa means also temperature and through every breath, the body temperature is preserved. So, in Kriya Yoga, Tapa means breath regulation along with the discipline of body and mind. So, you can say that Tapa is the penance and austerity, which brings uh, strict discipline into our life. Mm. And this um, sense of discipline, you know, um, we, we of course want to have the right foundation 
with it, which is also given in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, which is that the the purpose of these practices is to reveal what is innately true uh, about us, which, you know, you've given us the hints there and given us some of the um, beautiful meanings of this word, tapha, so, you know, to shine. Um, and so we can think of our self-discipline, you know, like polishing the, the glass so that the light shines through. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's not to create a spiritual condition or to make ourselves spiritual. Um, that would be the wrong way to approach it. It, it, it is, it is really in love and appreciation, you know, of that which we are. So this discipline, you know, I think of it too as, um, and I think it's where the heat comes in. Um, it, one way of thinking about it is that when we're practicing this tabha, we are resisting lower drives and embracing the higher ones. And so, um, you know, and we've all had that experience, you know, if there's something that you're drawn to, but your discernment says this is not a good choice. And in resistance, there's heat. And so sometimes we feel the energy of that. Um, but the practice in Kriya Yoga would say then, instead of allowing that energy to go towards what you know is not useful, you conserve it and then you move it, you know, towards something that, that is useful for you. Um, so it's a very conscious way of observing our own energy. You know, an, an example would be, you know, suppose you become angry <laughs> and and you know that expressing that anger is is not going to be a useful way and uh, so if you don't you know shout at somebody when you're angry <laughs> and you stop yourself from doing what you maybe instinctually want to do there's a burning that comes that you can feel that energy but then you take that energy and you know you go for a walk or you chant a mantra or something Right, and so we feel the way this this heat comes. Yeah, it's very true that this heat has to be neutralized, and it should go back to its own source. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes people think, you know, um, this self discipline is not um, easy. But I think if we have the right idea. And we understand its purpose. It it can actually be a very sweet um, practice. So, um, how do you see um, a person, you know, coming to to appreciate the way of self discipline um, rather than seeing it, you know, as some any kind of uh, punishment or, you know, uh, the way that we normally think of austerity, um, but more as a way of, um, that is life enhancing. You know, how do you, how do you see that happening? When the people start practicing yoga and especially Kriya Yoga, there is always uh, a question comes that, is it really for me or can I really do it? So when people come uh, with lots of different ideas, just to clarify that Kriya Yoga is a very simple practice. My, my master used to say that it is the easiest, quickest, 
and surest means of god realization because in kriya yoga there are not um, too much of uh, physical postures where you have to sit longer with uncomfortable position but it has it is very easy practice and it is a scientific practice in which one gets natural transformation so it is not a punishment but it, with understanding we start gradually and for that we don't need really to put so many restrictions on our uh, daily lifestyle or even the diet what we are doing what we are eating it remains same only with that when we start this uh, scientific technique we get natural transformation without any suppression of thoughts or feeling in the name of strict discipline Yeah. and with gradual practice mind starts understanding what is really necessary for spiritual practice and unnecessary things will uh, will be left behind so this gives us distinction as the function as we said that distinction is the function of intellect and kriya practice uh, gives us better balance and harmony in our thoughts and emotions so those things which might be little difficult in the first day or few days it becomes as a part of our life Mm-hmm. That's such a beautiful description of what happens, you know. Swamiji, you mentioned in the beginning that uh, Kriya Yoga's discipline, this tapaha in in Kriya Yoga, is not just the external practices, um, uh, purification of the body, but it is um, the practices that we have of meditation and pranayam. And so as I hear you describe this, um, you know, there's the understanding that the, this practice of, of Kriya Yoga pranayama and meditation purifies the mind and the intellect mm-hmm. and creates a more sattvic um, condition, uh, a more illumined condition of the mind. And then the discipline comes naturally from that because we're we're in a place where we're balanced and then we naturally want to do the things that are conducive to health and well-being. Yeah, it's very true. And I think that is exactly the the right approach, but of course, you know, in the beginning we we have to kind of um it's like walking you have to use both feet <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so we take you know we take both um we bring both together so we have the practice of uh of pranayama and meditation that begins to purify the mind and the intellect so we're making good choices but along with that like the other foot <laughs> is is making some basic changes in lifestyle <clears throat> that are conducive to meditation the two the two work uh together yeah that's why kriya yoga is a complete uh, yoga it is not taking just only one aspect but uh, it takes care of all the different spheres of our life and life and develop it together And so when we come back from the break, Swamiji, let's talk a little more about these practices of Kriya Yoga. We'll, we'll um, take a leap into study and, and what that means to study on this, on this path. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with our special guest, Swami Atma Vijananda Giri, and we'll be right back with you.
Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. Need support interrupting unhealthy patterns and building practices that support your potential? Visit www.servicetoself.com to join one of Freeman Michael's excellent online coaching programs. Again, that's www.servicetoself.com. Overcoming unhealthy patterns and becoming the you that you were born to be. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and our guest today is Swami Atma Vijananda Giri. And we're talking about the practices of it's a universal yoga path for self and God realization. And in particular, we're talking about how it is that spiritual practice can connect us to uh, happiness and the kind of happiness that doesn't, you know, is not here one day and gone tomorrow, but a deep quality of happiness and contentment that remains with us. So in the first segment, we talked about um, the practices supportive of that, the first one being self-discipline. And in this segment, we're going to talk about the second practice as listed in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, which is Swadaya which is translated as self-study. Um, but it's a big big topic, what this study means. So, Swamiji, how do you define Swadhyaya? What does it mean for us? Uh, Swadhyaya also has multiple meanings. It's like uh, Tapaha has many meanings. Uh, Swadhyaya means the study of Vedic scriptures and chanting the mantras like Om 
or Gayatri Mantra in a prescribed manner or any mantra which is given by your own teacher or chanting the name of Lord even. So all these are considered as Swadhyaya. The study of a scripture which bestows liberation, it consists of a wide range of scriptures like Upanishads, Brahma Sutra, Bhagavad Gita, the Holy Bible, Holy Quran, even Bhagavatam and Ramayana. So, and another meaning of uh, Swadhyay is uh, study of oneself. Because if we split this word in Sanskrit, it is known as, uh, defined as Swa means the self and Adhyaya means the study. So, study your own self. That means one should study one's own life through self-analysis and self-introspection. So, there are two meanings we got from Swadhyay. One is externally that we have to read scriptures which give us liberation. It is said in Sanskrit that Shastreshu Akuntita Buddhi. When we read scriptures, our intellects become sharp and the other meaning we discussed that to study the self, our own life, our own mind, so that is Swadhyaya. Mm. So it really is a very comprehensive practice. We, we study the scriptures, um, which we do, um, the approach that we bring is, I think that is most useful, is um, as Paramansaji said, Paramansa Yogananda, that it is, this is not like a pouring in from the outside, you know, when we study, but it is releasing from the inside what is known. And so when we study scripture, we approach this study and contemplation with the awareness that the the truth resides within us. And so even when we study, the scriptures are like a prompt for um, the inner knowing uh, that can be released from within us. So, so we we bring that to our study. Like we're not trying to um, add something, <laughs> but we're we're trying to have our deepest knowing um, revealed. And I think that is a helpful attitude that we can bring to our study. Yeah, with the right attitude. We have to study the scriptures, otherwise it will be just a mere intellectual learning and uh, it will be dry practice only. <laughs> yes, so, so we come to the scriptures with the sense that we're, we're contemplating truth which actually is within us, this all knowledge is within us. And so we are studying so that that knowledge may be uh, revealed. And, you know, we have the experience of this, and I always think it's helpful to approach all these practices in a very practical way. Like, And this is really part of Swadhyaya. It's what we're talking about, which is studying the self. You know how it is, and I'm, I'm guessing that you have had this experience, Swamiji, and also our listeners. You know, you're I have found, like, I'll be studying a scripture and a verse, you know, I'll, I'll look at it first, reading it, you know, with um, with the mind and and then thinking, you know, I don't quite understand this, right? It's not exactly clear to me. And then uh, I meditate for a while. 
And then an understanding will come that is really, you know, if it was a drawing, it would be like the light bulb coming on. (laughs) (laughs) And so so when we're practicing Swadaya, we have to say, where does that come from? You know, so that is part of self-study, to to see that, you know, no one came into the room and then explained in that moment, <laughs> you know, that insight, the connection to the words of, of the scripture, to the teaching, uh, arose from, from within. And so, this self-study can be, you know, really inquiring into, you know, how does that happen? Then we come to understand how it is that, that this truth, you know, is, is within us. Um, and that's a very powerful observation. And, and you mentioned, of course, you know, self-study. So we have study of scripture and then self-study, which also includes observing, um, the mind observing our behavior and and how it is that that we're learning and growing um would you include that also swamiji yes that is the real purpose from outside we go inside and go more deeper and deeper so that's why how we study our mind that how is our mind whether mind is happy or unhappy and how we can neutralize it make it in a perfect state of calmness and how to watch your breath. So if that study of our life, that is introspection, the real purpose of Swadhyaya. Mm-hmm. And because if we don't know, <laughs> you know, how it works, um, it makes it m- much more difficult to have progress, you know. So if we can scientifically approach our understanding... You know, even even down to like you know what we eat, uh, what we're talking about, you know those kinds of things, um, and then noticing how it affects the mind, and then how that um, affects the emotions, and and so on and so forth. So um, that is very helpful because then we can adjust our our behavior, and um, you know, and we can also notice the effect that um, our practice of of kriya pranayam or uh, meditation has on our mind and consciousness, right? So we're studying that as well. Yeah, I would like to uh, share one thing uh, as Lahiri Mahasha in our lineage has told. He recommended to read the scriptures but with the right attitude. For example, he was always asking the disciples to read one verse from Bhagavad Gita or a passage from the Holy Bible close the eyes, then contemplate on its meaning and then meditate on inner meaning of the verse because this knowledge and wisdom is within us. So it reveals. And this is the real Swadhyaya which eventually reflects wisdom in our life. And my master also used to say, Baba Hari Haranandji, that uh, if you just keep on reading many books without proper understanding or assimilating it, your mind will become a library and you will become a bookworm. (laughs) <laughs> so, so the teaching from scriptures must be assimilated by the practice of meditation at the same time mm-hmm. exactly that is the method of study that that is recommended so that it 
it becomes living wisdom and not just you know intellectual dust <laughs> and your your description of uh, lahiri mahasaya's instruction you know reminds me of how that was expressed by paramansa yogananda ji when when he he said read a little meditate more and think of god all the time so you know we are instructed to study every day to study scripture every day because this keeps our thoughts elevated but not to not to read more than we meditate and i think that's often um a temptation uh on the path because we because of a mistaken idea that we're going to get something outside you know so so we read and read and read you know trying to get something um but we have to turn that around and realize that you know what we are trying to get is actually within us and so the right proportion is to meditate more than we read yeah because uh, if we just keep on reading we also need to assimilate it so the scriptures really give us the uh, the food for us so we have to chew a little and then we have to take the food and chew little more and then assimilate more exactly as you have told uh, recommended by paramansu yogananda ji mm-hmm. yeah and so not gulping <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that sounds good so um how do you see that this practice of um when well, we can we can address both of them really um self uh, discipline and study now we're talking about both of them uh, how do you see that they remove obstacles um to experiencing happiness um how, how do they work in that way you know one of the main obstacles in our spiritual path is the ignorance and that is listed the first obstacle by sai patanjali also avidya and uh, the practice of swadhyay aims directly at it ignorance is uh, known to be the root obstacles and if it is removed then other obstacles which are followed by it automatically are taken care of so does it helps uh, one realize one's true nature as eternal bliss we always look outside where everything is ephemeral changing with uh, respect to time causation and space but when we look within study our mind our life then we experience that we are not the sorrowful or we are not suffering being rather we are ever pure ever blissful we our, our true identity our true nature is sat chit and anand and because of this ignorance we have forgotten and we have concluded that we are mortal whereas we are eternal we have concluded that we are sorrowful but our real nature is permanent happiness it is our own nature it doesn't come from outside and then we are pure consciousness we are not limited in this body and mind or we are not finite so this contemplation and experience through swadhyay when we go within it removes our ignorance and eventually it removes all other associated obstacles in the path of our spiritual life mm-hmm. so this um understanding 
and really what we would call realization in, in yoga. That's an important word because it means, you know, first we have uh, a recognition of this truth, you know, of what we are. We, we intuitively know that. We hear it, you know, when we come upon the guru, we come upon the teachings, we, we hear this truth of our being and then we begin, it stirs within us, you know, a remembrance. We begin to awaken to that and then we, we study and we have intellectual comprehension um, but then we are required really to have this direct experience of it which can come through a deep contemplation and meditation, you know, just being able to uh, witness, you know, we are not the changing thoughts, we are not the um, changing body, but we are that which does not change. And then this, as you have been describing, gives rise to that um, experience of peace and contentment and, and happiness. Um, so in a very systematic way, we, we come to realize, which means, you know, to intellectually know, but also to experience directly. So, um, and then that gives us the foundation, right, for being in life every day and uh, not getting uh, thrown off course, you know, and not forgetting that truth of our being. And, you know, so I think that's the question many people have. You know, it's like, yes, I, okay, I see that. I know that about myself. But how do I keep from falling into forgetfulness? You know, I, I meditate in the morning and I I remember God. I remember the truth of my being. I touch that peace within. I touch that happiness within. And then I go to work. <laughs> and then I start to worry and I lose my happiness. So, you know, what would you say to people about that, Swamiji? Yeah, it is a very natural and common experience that when we are meditating, we remember God and we are conscious. But when we are in the world, we forget God. And that is uh, the reason uh, Sesh Patanjali has recommended the third limb, uh, th- third practice, which is uh, unconditional love for God. And I would recommend that, uh, as Sesh Patanjali has said, that we have to practice uh, perceiving God or experiencing divinity, not only in the temple, church, or in our practice, but we have to see it in the world, everywhere, in all our actions, in every breath. Then we'll never forget Him. <laughs> we, we have to remember to take God with us. <laughs> not leave God in the temple in the morning, but take God with us wherever we go. So, you know, what, are, what would you say are some, you know, simple practices that, that people could use, um, you know, I'm thinking uh, about mantra, of course, it potentially recommends uh, contemplation of OM. Um, so let's talk a little bit about OM um, as we conclude this segment this morning. Um, there's a very uh, profound teaching in the Yoga Sutra about what OM means, you know, and how it can connect us to that presence of God. So will you share a little bit about that with us? Yeah, OM is a graphical symbol. It is also a primordial sound, which you can read in the Holy Bible in the chapter, first Gospel of John. In the beginning was the word. So this word is nothing but the OM sound. And OM is also a mantra. So when we chant OM, OM represents formless God or God the Absolute. 
we get connected to divinity it is just like uh, suppose we study chemistry in our schools so when we write uh, water so instead of writing complete water we used to put h2o two molecules of hydrogen combined with one molecule of oxygen is water but when we look at that h2o we immediately know that this is water so that is the graphical symbol of om we get connected to divinity and the purpose of chanting om is to bring our mind to one pointedness instead of letting it wander in unnecessary thoughts and just to give a little more idea om consists of three letters and these three letters a u m they rule over three aspects of god and three aspects of our body yes yeah, that is so beautiful and to think about how we can um chant om when we are meditating but we can return to that contemplation during the day when we're out in the world to help us remember god to help us remember our divine nature i'm ellen grace o'brien and you're listening to the yoga hour with our guest today swami atma vijananda giri and the website uh, for kriya yoga institute is kriya k r i y a .org and we'll be right back with you in just a few moments for our last segment on self surrender hello listeners did you know we've gone mobile that's right your favorite unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device now you can take us with you wherever you go Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, Words from Our Past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yoga hour at unity.fm and we will respond now back to the yoga hour Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, and my guest today is Swami Atma Vijananda Giri. 
In this segment, we're going to be looking at the last of the three practices that um, Patanjali suggests um, in the Yoga Sutra, these practices for revealing the truth of our being and, of course, connecting us to our innate contentment, happiness, and peace. So the third practice is sometimes the one that people find the most... um, confusing or um, difficult. Um, It's really the easiest, but it is one that people often find to be most difficult. And this practice, Ishwara Pranidhan, is often translated as surrender or surrender to God. And um, so, Swamiji, let's let's take a look at this practice. And you find, of course, people asking, well, how? You know, how do I surrender? And what does it mean to surrender to God anyway? Surrender, when we say it is in ordinary sense, it is not surrender like uh, uh, an army is surrendering to another country's army. It is the surrender which comes from within. And uh, for that, how to develop that, that is really a hard question. But I would say that we need to remember that who we are. We need to remember that every breath it is given by God. Whatever we have, we suppose, we we think that it belongs to us, it all belongs to God. So, we are God and the best way to develop surrender is uh, to develop some relationship with God. We cannot surrender to some strange person. We can surrender to only one person. It is also love for God. So, we can love also to a person whom we know. So first thing we have to develop some relationship, a personal relationship which is recommended in the path of uh, devotion, Bhakti Yoga. For example, we can take God as father, we can take him as mother, we can take him as the uh, friend or our husband like Mira did. So some, some aspect we have to attribute and make, the first thing is to make a relationship then the second step comes that how can I surrender? How can I surrender? The second step tells that what best I can do to please my beloved, whether it is father or mother, any form of God. So, we surrender means just do something to make other happy and then you will find that your heart is open and the surrender which question comes how to do, it happens automatically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I and I have found over the years, you know, when this question arises, you know, how do I do it? So you have given um, the positive path to this, you know, really through love and devotion, developing a relationship with the infinite, you know, however you think of God. And, you know, yoga, I find, is so... Um, all-embracing, so comprehensive, it's so helpful that it doesn't really matter, um, you know, how you think of the divine. It can be, you know, God as the guru, it can be God as the friend, the beloved, even God as the child. You know, Ramakrishna Paramahansa sometimes had that idea too, as the divine, as the child. Um, so any relationship, but it is is simply a way, it becomes a vehicle for us to enter into this communion um, with the one, to, to always have that awareness of God as our life, God with us. But there's also, um, when I, sometimes I say, well, you can kind of go in the back door too, which is sort of, um, we could call it a negative way, if you will, not meaning a negative connotation, but, but uh, a, a way of 
of no instead of yes. <laughs> so this way of no, uh, I say sometimes just just if you don't know how to surrender, then and you don't know how to make this relationship, simply begin by letting go of the ways in which you insist that you are on your own. Yeah, you know, in the scriptures, there is also description of uh, developing surrender or devotion to God in a negative way. That is known as Vairi Bhakti. That means mm-hmm. you take God as your enemy. <laughs> and in that way, you are also constantly remembering God in your thoughts. <laughs> However, we do not recommend that. No. <laughs> that also no. leads to God realization sometimes. Uh, yeah. Well, it, you know, some people do have that thought, but they don't you know, connect it to the divine. You know, if, if you could look behind it and see the divine helper that is there, then I guess it would be fruitful. But the, the positive way, I think, of developing uh, this understanding, you know, sometimes I like to say it's helpful you know if you if you understand that that life is always conspiring to support us mm-hmm. and so you know we take this view that this divine grace is everywhere you know everywhere uh supporting us to um be free uh to be happy to become all that we can be and of course uh, surrender is coming to live in 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 the ease of that you know when we no longer uh, hold to this view that somehow we are in an adversarial relationship with life mm-hmm. um, but that life is our friend life becomes much more joyful yeah it's very true in positive relationship there is joy there is uh the attitude of serving instead of moving away or always keeping a distance. Mm. And the serving comes natural out of, you know, feeling that you are in this divine relationship and uh, it it is giving and supporting um, through you as opposed to uh, the idea that, you know, if you're on your own and you have to struggle, it's a fight, you know, to survive. Um, it's a very different way of, of being in the world, certainly much more peaceful and and joyful. Um, you know, what, as we get close to our time of concluding the program this morning, Swamiji, I want to ask you, uh, you know, what are the words of encouragement that you would give um, to those who may feel that the spiritual path is too difficult? Uh, I would say whenever we take the spiritual path, it would always be now. Because when we think it is difficult, it is again a state of mind. It is always difficult. But when we think that I am on the path, God is with me, so everything becomes easy. Again, it is related to surrender, nothing else. So when we say now, so why not right now? Why to wait for that or put more thoughts into that? If you feel discouraged, start with a baby step. It is better to move, however, slowly instead of uh, standing still. Uh, I remember in our marketing career, before I became a monk, so we learned a technique which was known as DIN, do it now. So there is no guarantee uh, how long there will be breath in this body. And tomorrow, the body may not be healthy. Who knows? So my master used to say that, just do it now. So begin, however difficult it may be. 
tomorrow never comes however difficult the path may be we have to walk and if god is and god and masters are with us and that is true they are always helping us in all our difficulties then uh, if we have this attitude of acceptance that god is with me just like when mother is or father is holding the hands of the baby baby is assured so that is what is our situation that all our difficulties will become the means to achieve our goal and if you remember in bhagavad gita second chapter 40th verse lord krishna also has assured swalpam apyasya dharmasya trayato mahate bhayat means even a little practice of this discipline saves one from the terrible fear of birth and death so all difficulties are for a person who thinks that i cannot do so first accept god is there gurus are there holding our hands and taking us why to worry begin just right now <laughs> that is such good advice to begin right now and honestly swami ji as i hear you describe that i'm thinking this is a perfect way to describe um ishwara pranidhan isn't it you know to to begin right now turning to god is what is required for this practice of surrender because we can't surrender tomorrow <laughs> we can only <laughs> surrender now and that is the practice of yoga in this moment in every moment turning to god and that's really at the heart of of surrender so letting go of the sense of being separate which you know does remove fear and you know as we begin to experience the happiness that is innate the peace that is innate then fears naturally uh, begin to fall away It's really been a joy talking with you again this morning Swami Ji I'm so glad that you joined me and I want to let people know that you'll be visiting the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in July on Monday evening July 29th and we're really looking forward to having you with us at that time. Thank you very much Umama for providing this opportunity it is nice to talk to you and uh, Uh, be with the uh, divine people mm-hmm. thank you swami ji yeah. and i want i want to um invite our listeners to um join me next week i'll be welcoming special guest yoga shri nv raguram spiritual director and founder of yoga bharati and we'll be talking about complete well-being holistic understanding and practice of yoga for information about our upcoming kriya yoga immersion week it'll be a full week of being immersed in kriya yoga teachings um you can visit our website cse center .org. Swami ji, thank you again for a beautiful conversation this morning and for being with us all today. Thank you very much with this uh, comment just to bring God in each breath in each action. I'm praying for all of you. Thank you all. Thank you. We'll be back with you next week and till then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world and to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. 
Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Things may happen around you, things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Are you ready to take a quantum leap into greater self-acceptance and love and freedom from suffering by connecting all your parts, especially those you deem broken? If so, join Mark Anthony Lord, founder and spiritual director of the Bodhi Spiritual Center in Chicago, every Monday at 1 p.m. Central, as he helps you understand there's nothing wrong with you. You are perfect just the way you are. This show is for you so you can know you're not alone and that you really matter and that miracles are right here within you and all around you. From this knowing, anything and everything becomes possible. Each week, Mark will be joined by amazing guests who share their journeys of awakening. Listen live on Mondays at 1 p.m. Central or download the podcast at your convenience or subscribe via iTunes to Nothing Broken Here with Mark Anthony Lord. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 